This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. All right, grab your Bibles. I want us to go to um, Matthew 24. And uh, mark that. I'm just going to briefly touch on a few truths from Matthew 24. You know what, David, maybe you can help me for a little bit. Just very, very softly. And then I'm going to jump into the beginning of Matthew 25, which is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Okay. So let me, let me just give you uh, prophetically what I feel uh, is happening, in my, at least in my heart, in our hearts here as a team and as a family. But I know Jesse and I have been feeling the invitation from the Lord to to be with him. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Lord, he won't allow, he is a, he is a loving, jealous lover, if that makes sense. And he wants to be our all in all. And I think sometimes we say we love the Lord, but what we're really saying is we love everything around him. You know, even I, those in the ministry, I, 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 look, I love you guys. I, some of you are my heroes. I, I think you're amazing. But I think one of the things that's been grieving me in my heart has been even during this opportunity to be with the Lord, which is really our only hope, leaders are just figuring out other ways to busy themselves, to keep the ministry going, to keep the church going. And I don't think this hour is about the ministry. You know, this hour, this moment, it's not about... Um, keeping things moving. In fact, this moment is the opposite of that. It's the opposite of that. It's, it's the Lord wanting us to fall in love with Him. You say, well, it's really all one. It's really not all one. He stands alone. You know, He, the Lord stands alone. It's like, Loving somebody for who they are or loving someone for what they bring to the table, what they have. And I just want to encourage every pastor, every preacher, man, hit, let, hit the brakes for a moment if that's what God is inviting in, you into. Hit the brakes. Like, you don't, during us, I feel like this is an invited Sabbath. You know, and again, let me be really clear. I think this coronavirus is evil. It's from the pit of hell. Yeah. I'm not okay with it. My heart breaks. I know all of our hearts break for anyone who has it, for business owners who are affected by it. In our city here in Orlando, man, we depend on people flying into our city. Disney is closed down. Yesterday I went to get 
uh, some meat, and I was telling Jess that I, I just went to buy a few pieces of beef, and I got like three or four, and they told me I could only have two. Two pieces of meat for each animal. So they say, you can have two items that are chicken, two items that are lamb, two items that are beef, two items that are turkey. And here you are living in the United States of America, and you're, you're saying, wow, this actually just happened. This, this is not a bad dream. This is happening. And I'm, I'm here in the midst of it. So our cities, we all are, all of you watching, we're all feeling this in different ways. Churches in a Sunday went from being packed to empty. I mean, this building we're in is packed on Sunday nights, and we're the only ones in here tonight, except for the angels, <laughs> which is encouraging. So everybody's feeling this. And the, the question is, what is the Lord up to in the midst of it? What is he saying? What is he inviting us into? And if, if, you, if you feel like you have nothing to do, maybe that's what God wants you to not do. Maybe, or I, I should say do. Maybe he wants you to do nothing and be with him, which is to achieve everything. I really believe that. I believe we're busying ourselves in the name of ministry. We're holding on, in many cases, to Ishmael's. Or holding on to things that were birthed in the spirit and that maybe were being built in the flesh. You know, Pastor, could you survive if you did not have a crowd to preach to? Like, could you make it emotionally? Could you, how would your self-esteem be if your church were 15 people rather than 15,000? And many, I, I, I'm just going to be open. The idol of church, uh, supposed church growth mechanisms, they're being shattered right now. Being completely shattered because if the point is building numbers, then right now all of us here are a failure. If getting numbers in a building is the point, if getting seats filled, if that's a, the point of the, of the Western church, then the Western church is failing miserably right now. But if the point is Jesus, you can be successful every single day. And now more than ever, our passions are being tested. Our, our, our heart's desires are being tested. They're being revealed. And, and look, we're all human. Babe, do you want to speak into any of this? I, we're all human here. And we, we have had to walk through this as a couple. And, and Jess had some beautiful things to say in the back. Oh, yeah. I was telling the team uh, before prayer in the back, I said, you know, I, I obviously, we preach all the time, Jesus is everything. And he really is everything to us. But when this first happened, I mean, I, I get the honor of being at Jesus School almost every day of the week. I love what God is doing at our church. I love uh, the events. I love it all. So, and I'm honored to be a part of that. 
But I started to have that feeling like, oh my gosh, is everything going to be okay? I can't wait to be back in school again. Are we going to, is everything going to keep going? I was kind of riding the momentum of what God had been doing. And I really felt like I actually went to Michael and I said, babe, do you think the church is going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? Do you think the events will still happen? Like, I love what God is doing. And he said, it's not about that. Don't you understand? It's not about the things, Jess. It's about him. And I know this. This is something that I preach to people. So I know this. But I had to like go sit down with the Lord and just take a second. I was like, wow, I didn't know this was still in me, but it's still there. That the idols, the things that I put before the Lord, the if it's momentum or if it's people or crowds or gatherings or, or favor, whatever it can be, I wasn't, I felt like, not judgment from the Lord, but just like, oh gosh, it, it's not all about you. And it has to be all about you, Jesus. It has to be all about you, Jesus. It can't be about anything else. So if all this goes away, but you're still with me, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I will be okay. And I really just felt like in my life, I'm just talking, being honest about my own problems and my own, the way my mind's processing this. I was like, Lord, you're chipping all the things away in Jess that don't belong. You're chipping, you're refining me. You're, you're making me lay down things. Yeah. I mean, as Michael said, it's my birthday in a few days. And my first thought was, oh no, we don't get to go to dinner. And I was gonna, we were gonna go on a little trip. And I thought, well, shouldn't I just be happy being at home with my kids and ordering, you know, well, not ordering anything right now, but just eating Michael's food. What's which, that I mean, to it's me? really good. But like, I can can, he really can. He's been cooking a lot lately and it's <laughs> been good. But you know, it's like, am I finding my happiness in the stuff? Or can I find my happiness in Jesus and with the simplicity of life and, and the beauty in that? And, you know, soon we're not going to remember this. We'll, we'll remember, but years will go by and we'll get back in the groove. But we're going to remember how we acted during this crisis, where our motives were, where our thoughts were, where, where our attention was. And I really want to pass this season and I want to be able to tell the Lord, it was just you and me, Lord, and, 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 and my family, and I and I gave you my time. I didn't push you away. And that was good enough for me. I really want to pass. I want to pass this test. I really do. I want to pass. I want to make, I want to look back at this, this time in my life. And I want, I want our children to say, my mom and dad love Jesus and they brought Jesus to us. And, and I want, I want Jesus to say, you made me your everything and you trusted me. I just want to please the Lord. And I just pray that that's the cry of your heart too. Like Michael was seeing him, I really feel like he's, it's an invitation right now to be with him like never before, to pray like never before, to trust him like never before, trust him like a child, just to, to chew on the scripture, to eat of him every single day, to worship like never before. It's a beautiful invitation. Yeah. And I just don't want us to miss that yeah. invitation. That's good. Dom, do you, you have anything you want to say about this? You know, I'm, I, I know you, Dom, well, and, and um, we all do. And I think I could probably answer this question, but when you see some of these videos and the millions of people watching those worship videos, what, what goes through your head? Honestly, I just, I just want them to meet Jesus. Yeah. Honestly, it's not about... A platform. It's not about yeah. a camera or lights. 
it starts in your closet and your time with the Lord. Um, that's where it begins. That's where everything is sustained. That's how you live your day to day. And everything else is just an amazing add-on that the Lord does. But if, when, if and when those things go, we still have the Lord. Yeah. We still have Jesus. And that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing is our relationship with the Lord, having communion with the Lord, yes. worshiping the Lord, seeing him every single day, knowing what he did for you and for all of us. And I think that so many so many times we get wrapped up in the excitement of things, but at the end of the day, when things and numbers start going up, that should be the moment and the time when you run to the feet of Jesus and you just say, this is all for you. May you receive all the glory yes. for this, Lord, because I can do nothing without you. There's, We can't do anything on our own, and it's worthless to try to do anything on yes. our own. And when he's breathing on something, it's for his glory. It's for people to feel him and know him and to experience him. And And we were talking in the back, and I just feel like even what Dress was saying, that in this season of all the chaos that's going on, I really feel that the Lord is just inviting people just to come closer to him, just to have such... Um, communion with him and to experience him for who he really is. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. Yes. He is love. He is love. He yes. doesn't. He doesn't put this out there. He didn't do this. He is like, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amongst all the chaos, amongst everything that's going on, just please look at Jesus, look at his eyes, look at that he wants to be with you more than you even think about wanting to be with him. And that is so beautiful and so special. So that's wow. just what's been on my heart as I really feel he's just knocking on our door, knocking on our hearts, just He ready. gave you Revelation 3.20, He did. Um, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And it just talks about when we open the door that he will come into us and dine with us. And I just had this really beautiful picture of the Lord. Is it okay if yeah, I share that? Sure. That um, while I was praying and I had this vision of opening the door and seeing Jesus just smiling and so happy. And he had bread and wine in his hands. And he was like, we get to have communion together. We get to be together. And I'm not the only person that he wants to do that with. He's waiting for you to open the door. He's knocking and he is just waiting with such joy and with such excitement just to just say, I love you. I love you. And we respond, I love you back, Jesus. I love you. That's all he <laughs> that's wants right. to hear. And that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> so powerful. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. Well, let's can you just come in close again there, Yohan? Let's take advantage of this time that many of us have to be with the Lord and not waste it. Um, you know, I can't help but think of the children of Israel in Exodus 12. as They were called to come into their houses under the protection of the blood of the lamb that was smeared with hyssop on the two doorposts so each doorpost and the lintel, you've seen me teach on this, 
and it would form the shape of the cross. And they were commanded to stay in their homes, and the Lord told them, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And while the firstborn of Egypt were taken that night, the children of Israel were not. And they received the Passover lamb in those homes. And that's something we don't talk about much. We seem to forget it. I, I read Psalm 105, 37 to you earlier, that there were none feeble among them as they received the Passover meal. That is the lamb. And that night, the Lord told them, hey, when you receive this meal, receive it girded, receive it with your sandals on, because tonight you are being delivered. Tonight you're leaving Egypt. Tonight you're leaving darkness, and you're going to move into glorious light. And I'm here to tell you that disease lives in darkness still today. The Bible says it walks in darkness, Psalm 91. And that night they left, possibly still chewing on, on still with a lamb in their mouth, they left Egypt swiftly. But there's something about feasting on the Lord when he calls you to be alone and to come near him. I also feel like fathers and mothers, this is an opportunity for you to be priests in your home. To, the Bible says we are all priests, that we have a priestly ministry which is first and foremost to minister unto the Lord and to be vehicles or windows of his presence in our daily lives. And what better place than to be a tool in the hand of the Lord than in your home? I believe the Lord is inviting many, all of his children, to secure their marriages. A dear friend of mine who all of you would love, he's a father in the faith, he texted me today, that this is an opportunity to renew and restore the beauty of covenant. This is a time where you can be together with your spouse and say the things to them that you always wanted to say. And if you're like me lately, I don't know, I guess the Lord's purging me. I've been a little snip, <laughs> snippy lately. And in his presence, the worms come to the surface. You know, when it rains on grass, the worms come out and the worms have been coming out. But I'm, I go, oh, babe, I, I, I actually just whispered in her ear when the music started, sorry for being snippy lately. And I probably said it three times on the way here. But this is a chance to say what you want to say, say sorry for the things that you should not have said, but to go this way as couples, to, to, I mean, because it is our marriages that reveal the love of Jesus and his church. So we can be as spiritual as we'd like, but if we're not in love with our spouse and honoring them and respecting them and protecting them, there's an authenticity issue in our lives. Next, how about your children? This is a great opportunity for us to speak to our children. I went through the scriptures with my children last night to not only uh, see the fear go, but to also allow them to see the hour they're living in, that Jesus's words are true, that we can really only stand on his words, that only he and his words are rocks by which a house can be built on. Only he is a solid foundation. And I'm so grateful for the agencies and the governments and the structure in place that is working to change this thing. You know, we're all on the same team. Oral Roberts used to say that. 
he laid hands on the sick and the doctors treated the sick. And he said, we're all trying to get the same sicknesses out of the same people. We're all on the Lord's team. But one thing we're discovering is that our most genius structures can be affected in a moment. If fear is unleashed in the nations, economies crumble, jobs fade away, fear strikes the hearts of men and women, people aren't sleeping. I heard today from a pastor that pornography is skyrocketing right now because people are turning, substance abuse is skyrocketing. There's no safety in any of the structures that we deem as being perfect. The only one we can build our life on is the Lord Jesus himself. So I took time to share this with my kids and not only that, to be with them, to fish with them, to throw the ball with them. This is a great chance to be the parent you always dreamed about being. This is a wonderful opportunity because all of this matters to the Lord. Big ministry does not impress the Lord because if it's, if it's big and he's doing it, then he's the one doing it. The size of it is not shocking him. You understand? But what he loves, what he'll never turn away is a broken and contrite heart. And I feel the Lord inviting us into this. So take this time and be with Jesus. Listen very carefully. I want to say this again. I am not asking you to fall in love with all of the stuff that comes with Jesus, though it's cool. It's all, it's, it's, it, it is fun. The events are fun. The YouTube videos are fun. Your social media posts are fun. I get it all. I get, I understand. Everything that comes, the traveling, the speaking. I'm, there, I'm not talking about you falling in love with that. I am talking about you going into your room and saying, Jesus, there are a million views of you that my heart needs. And each one becomes more and more beautiful than the last. It's you, the actual you that I want to be infatuated with. The Jesus I met when I got saved. That Jesus who loved me, who healed me, who saved me, who restored me. That was only supposed to be the beginning. I want to know you again. I believe this is a chance for us to do that. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 24. I'm just going to briefly paraphrase this, but in verse 3, uh, the disciples ask Jesus privately, tell us when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Verses 4 through 14, Jesus gives us warnings. He tells us what to look for. He tells us what will happen. A few of those things are, number one, he says, take heed, no one deceives you. Do not be deceived. And he says, many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. He says, you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. Jesus never gives us the, gives us the advice to be troubled and have fear. He says, see that you're not trouble, troubled. All these things must happen. Verse 7, he talks about nations rising up against nations or ethnos against ethnos. Some believe it's race against race. Or 
And then verse 7 addresses kingdom against kingdom. And then he addresses famines, food shortages, pestilence, that's disease, earthquakes in various places. In verse 9, he talks about tribulation and persecution. Talks about martyrdom. I know that's a sounds like a very rare phrase, but it's happening every day around the world today. He says, many will be offended and they'll betray one another. Actually, in verse 9, one verse prior, he says, you'll be hated by all nations for my sake, just because you belong to the Lord. I know this isn't the most exciting sermon you've ever had, but these are the words of Jesus. And, and we need to know. He said people will be betrayed. In verse 11, he talks about false prophets. He talks about lawlessness. And he talks about the love of many growing cold. So love for brothers and sisters will grow cold. You can see that happening in this kind of climate. Love growing cold. Hey, you've got what I need. I need what you have. I better get to it before you get to it, right? Stay away from me. I have to protect my family. Us four, no more. That's the love of many growing cold. But then he says in verse 13, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations, and then the end will come. In the midst of this attempt to thwart the work of God, I have a news for you. God is going to more than triple the harvest that the enemy is trying to stop. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Jesus, the king, will be preached in all the world. And I found that the, I, someone told me the corona, corona means crown. Well, there's one who wears the true crown. His name is Jesus. Jesus is king. The gospel of King Jesus will be preached in all the world. And then the great tribulation is talked about, verses 15 through 28. And then he talks about his coming, beginning in verse 29. It's powerful. Then he talks the, about the parable of the fig tree in verses 32 through 35. And in verse 36, he begins to tell us, look, this is what it will be like. It'll be like in the days of Noah. He begins to say that nobody knows the hour, the exact hour, only the father knows the hour. And, and he begins to encourage us in verse 43 to be watchful. And in verse 44, be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So nobody knows the hour. In verse 45 through verse 51, he again talks about the faithful servant and the evil servant, what he'll be looking for when he returns. But I want you to look at chapter 25. This is what I felt a witness on. And I'm not going to speak long, probably for 15 more minutes. But I want you to see this precious portion in, verse 20, in chapter 25 regarding the wise and the foolish virgins. You have to remember that when Jesus preached this, he didn't preach it in chapter and verse. So this is one breath, this is one uh, sermon, this is one teaching to his disciples who had come to him privately. Remember, so they, they came to him privately and said, Lord, what, what needs to happen? What will happen at the end of the age? And so this is part of that teaching. So everything he's bringing up right, bringing up right now, contextually, has to do 
with his return. It has to do with the moments prior to his return. Now, you say, Michael, do you believe we're in the last days? Absolutely, I believe we're in the last days. They said it on the day of Pentecost. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If those were the last days, we're in the last of the last days. So chapter 25, verse 1 says this. The kingdom of heaven will be likened to ten virgins. Okay. Ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom is Jesus. The virgins are the church. Some believe, or, or the bride. Verse 2. Five were wise. Five were foolish. Look down at your Bibles with me. Five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil. The Amplified would read, or extra oil, with them. But the wise took extra oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Why don't you think of this? Every generation that I've listened to preached has said the Lord is coming soon. Do you know the scriptures tell us that the apostles believed the Lord was coming soon? They'd said he's coming soon, right? The book of Revelation says, I'm coming quickly. You hear the heart cry of the bride and even in John, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. The scripture says that the Lord has tarried so that people would come to repentance. Do you understand? So here we see that because of this delay, that, the, that they all slumbered and slept. Verse 6, and at midnight a cry was heard. We've all heard that song, in the midnight hour. If you grew up in church, you heard that term. In the midnight hour, he will return at midnight. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Verse 7, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps because fire can't burn on dust. Remember that. Fire will not burn on dust or dirt or yesterday's ash. You with me? Yeah. Yesterday's fire needs to become today's fire for you. That's why the priest had to trim the lamp, the wicks of the lamp in the tabernacle daily. That speaks to the renewal of the mind and the cleansing of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that fire could burn on the wick. So they got up. I love this. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, underline that, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough oil for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And the door was shut. Verse 11. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. 
Verse 13, watch therefore, watch therefore, watch therefore. You can circle that. That doesn't mean just keep your eyes open. It means keep your spiritual eyes open. Whenever you read the word watch, it's telling you to pray and be vigilant. Don't fall asleep. Midnight's coming. Keep your eyes open. Watch therefore, and why should we watch? For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Jesus is saying, don't fall asleep. I am coming back. Let your heart be awakened when I return. Don't fall into the slumber, to the monotony of life, to the rhythm of just doing life. Let your heart be awakened. Are you all hearing me? I need you because we can't have a big crowd. So I need you guys tonight. Thank you. This is what I believe the Lord is saying. Store oil. Listen to me. Store oil. Now. Oil takes time. Oil takes time. There's a process involved to receive this oil. Now what is the oil here? The Holy Spirit and His presence. What is the context? What is the picture here? The bride and the bridegroom. This is bridal talk. This is wedding talk. And bridal talk is is second coming talk. We always separate this. But the emerging of the bridal heart will increase as the coming of the Lord nears. So Jesus here is the bridegroom, in case you're wondering. The virgins are supposed to be those who love him, but there are five foolish, five wise. What makes the five foolish here? I want you to think of this. What makes the five foolish and what makes the five wise? Is it knowledge? Is it the one who goes on the most missions trips? Is it the one with the biggest ministry? Is it the one with the most gifts? Is it the one who's most influential? I think influence has become an idol today. What makes the wise virgins wise and what makes the foolish virgins foolish? I'll tell you. Five had oil and five did not. Five carried the presence of the Holy Spirit. Five did not. That will change your perspective as to what wise is to the Lord and what wise is to man. Oh, I feel the Lord now. I feel the Lord. To the Lord, carrying his presence is wise. And not storing up the oil of his presence is foolish. And there is no way to get oil unless you're alone with Jesus. Oil takes time. And so here, they're all sleeping. Why? Because the Lord delayed. Lord, we may, not, may we not fall asleep, Lord. Awaken everyone watching tonight. Awaken everyone tonight with your Holy Spirit. Awaken us to remain watchful. And so the Lord returns 
They all get up to find him. And it's interesting to me that the wise brought extra oil in their vessels for the lamps. The foolish did not. The foolish thought, I can just get my lamp to work the way it's always worked because I am trusting in the mechanism more than the oil. Are you all here? Are you hearing me? If you're hearing me, I need someone to let me know that they can hear me. The foolish trusted in their lamps. The wise trusted in the oil. They said, I need extra. I'm not that good. Possibly the foolish thought they could get to him without the light of the Spirit. But I'm here to tell you, you can't find Jesus without him. You need him to find him. It reminds me of Samson. He gives his secrets away to Delilah. Remember, oil is purchased in secret. And I'll get to the purchasing aspect in a moment. Not with real money. But Samson has oil on him. That was the secret. Was, was it the hair or was it, was it the actual oil that his hair was a symbol of? Right? How in the world did he carry a gate around? Was it his hair? That means everyone with long hair could have done that. Or was it the anointing of the Holy Spirit on him? And so he gives his secret away. Listen, that God gave him in secret. And he gives it to Delilah, the seductress. And the world today is a seductress. I was reading the book of Revelation today. The world system, Babylon, is a seductress. That's what the scriptures call her. She is a seductress. What is she after? Our oil. She would love for us to fight in our own strength. And so Samson goes to bed with Delilah, with the world, and gives up his secret, and she cuts his hair, cuts his glory. And the Philistines come, and Samson says something. He says, no problem. Well, he didn't say no problem, but he was probably thinking this. He said, I'll just shake them off like I always have. See, at some point, he began to believe that it was his effort that was getting this done. He forgot that it was the anointing. It was the Holy Spirit. It was God himself who was putting Samson on. It was the Holy Spirit that was animating Samson. It was the Holy Spirit's power that was destroying the enemy. It was not Samson's ability. Samson was wise with riddles because of the anointing, because of the oil. And he gave up the oil to be with a woman who was a seductress. And the Philistines came, the captors came, and he said, I'll just go through the mechanism. I'll trust in my lamp. This lamp always works. I'll find my way on my own. The Bible says they gouged his eyes out. He lost his vision. 
Then it says that they bound him. Well, it says they bound him first. You're bound when you lose the oil. Then it says they gouged his eyes out. You go blind when you, I feel the Lord strong tonight. You go blind when you lose the oil. And then it says they led him away and he became a slave. You become a slave to sin when you lose the oil. And you become the slave, listen, of the very demons you used to defeat like Samson did. So the great judge of Israel made a slave because the presence of the Lord lifted. Wow. And so these foolish virgins think they're going to find him without extra oil, and they don't. And they turn, listen, they turn to the ones with oil. And this is what they say. Give us some of yours. Listen to the response in verse 9 of the wise who have oil. No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy it for yourself. You can lay hands and impart a gift. You can get trained. You know what? The fact that the West has figured out how to franchise church rather than depending on the cloud that's supposed to fill the tabernacle. That thing is being crushed right now. You could give advice, you can teach people, and that's not bad. You can teach them how to do stuff, teach them how to build a church, teach them how to do this, teach them how to do that. You can lay hands on people and they can receive one of uh, a grace. But I cannot give you the oil inside of me. We cannot give our history with the Lord to each other. Like Bill says, I can't give my history with God to you. Notice the oil is supposed to be in the lamp, inside. It's the internal oil that causes the wick to burn. The light is visible. The oil is not. People say, I want your fire. I want your fire. I want your fire. There's fire there. The lamp's burning because there's oil inside. Do you understand? So 1 John tells us in chapter 2 that we need no man teach us because we've been anointed within. There's oil in us. That, that is for me and Jesus. That's for the bride and the bridegroom. And you just can't give it away. You can't impart that. You cannot impart intimacy. They said, no, no, you, you go get it for yourself. I don't think they were excited to say it that way. And they said, no, no, you, you have, you, you got to go get this on your own. And notice, this is amazing. Verse 9, they say, go get it on your own. And verse 10, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. I want you to think of this. In those days, how long did it take to go get oil? You didn't have to get in a car and fight traffic. 
you just left your little house in your village and walked to the little village square and got oil. Didn't take long. That's how quick the Lord returned. See, we think we have just so much time. You know, when God, you do this, or when my kids are out of the house, I'll draw near to you. When I have enough money, I'll draw near to you. Your kids need you to be filled with oil. And afterward, the other virgins, verse 11, they came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I don't know you. Friend, please listen to me. Look into my eyes right now. I feel this in the depths of my spirit. You and Jesus need to get to know each other. Notice it doesn't say, I, I didn't know about you. Jesus knows everything about you. But knowing to him is different than knowing to us. He's not talking about, I don't know the facts about your life. He's saying, you and I never became one. Listen carefully. He's saying, I am the oily one. I am the Messiah. The Hebrew word is Meshach. I am the one who has been smeared with the oil of the Holy Spirit. That's what the word Messiah means. Anointed one. I am the one who is lathered in oil. That's what he said. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And because he is the anointed one, the oily one, you can only get your oil from him. You have to be with him. That's how you purchase the oil. You purchase the oil by spending hours with him. And the oil is his presence. It's the most glorious purchase we could ever be invited into. It's wonderful. Prayer is not the price to be a Christian. It's the privilege of being a Christian. It doesn't take me somewhere better. Notice, you're getting oil out of this. You get him. But the bride needs to be of the same nature. Since he's the oily one, we need oil. Oil and water do not mix. If the bride and the bridegroom are going to walk together, both must be lathered in the same oil. So don't wait. We don't know when Jesus will return. But I want you to think of this for a moment. If 
They believed in the book of Acts that they were in the last days. Where do we stand today? Where do you stand today? Are you spending time with Jesus? Just for Jesus, not to study for your sermon. Just to be with him. Just to catch a glimpse. Just one little glimpse of his beautiful face. One, one angle of his glorious face. Just for that, would you spend hours for a second look? For, I should say, would you spend hours with him so you could have a look at him that lasts for a second? Would you spend days with him so that you could have a glance that, last a milli that lasted a millisecond? It would change your life. There's oil tonight. He's calling his bride. He's calling us. He's calling us. He's calling us. He wants a bride glistening and glowing, not convinced in her ability to carry her own lamp and get her lamp to work and go on the journey to find him without him. No, no, no. We need him to be with him. We need him to look at him. We need him to find him. Father, and shut your hands out, everyone watching. Just lift your hands. Father, touch the people now. We hear your call. Lord, rid everyone watching of fear. In Jesus' name. Do you know the Lord knew you would be part of this generation? In this moment, with all the chaos going around, the Lord fashioned you to be alive right now. He knows what he's doing. He would have never purposed or placed you on the earth today to leave you or forsake you. The Lord knows what he's doing. Trust him. Father, let all fear lift in the name of Jesus. Let your presence fill every home in the name of Jesus. We hear this bridal call. You're the loving bridegroom, and we say yes in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.